today we do have a very impressive uh, lineup for the show today. So we have, you know, some news to get into, you know, not too, too much. Uh, a few deals were signed. Um, Jordan Kyrie signed a extension with the Blues. Um, the Stars signed their GM through the uh, n- next few seasons. Uh, we have some injury news as well. Um, and then a few people going into uh, camp on a, a PTO deal. Uh, Sean Couturier and Kevin Hayes are now healthy for the Flyers. And, um, yeah, and then on top of that, we have a fantastic interview with uh, the Brat Pack. So um, he's a very well-known – not – he's a, you know, well-known guy throughout the Devils Twitter uh, community now. And he is – his Twitter handles uh, at the Brat Pack 63. Uh, You know, if you haven't followed him yet, I highly recommend it. He's – a lot of you know a lot of uh, fun to listen to on Twitter and stuff, and you know we dove into a whole lot of Devils talk today. So uh, that interview will be coming up very shortly. So we're going to take a short break and listen to some of our sponsors from Chop Sports Media. What's going on, ladies and gents of Chop Sports? It's your boy Sturch again, and today I want to talk to you about our newest affiliate and sponsor, and that's the Fusco Insurance Agency. Michael Fusco has partnered up with Chop Sports, and we are very pumped about every single service his company has to offer. The Fusco Insurance Agency offers personal and commercial lines, life insurance, health insurance. They even help with retirement and employee benefit administration. They offer accounting services through Prestige Tax Group, tax preparation and planning, bookkeeping, payroll, retirement planning, insurance, asset protection, and even life settlements. Guys, they even fix your credit, okay? They have credit repair through their own physically fit credit repair. They offer exclusive plans, and Fusco's promise to you is that you can't lose money and you can participate in all the gains with a cap. If you're looking for a blend of personal service and expertise, you've come to the right place. They offer a broad range of services for business owners and independent professionals. Their rates are affordable, they're very experienced, and of course, the most important part about this whole thing, they're very friendly people. Visit the website right now for more of the ins and outs that Michael offers at www.fuscoinsurancecompany.com. All right, we are back from that, and now we have are going to dive into some of the news that was um, talked about today. So, obviously, Jordan Cairo was signed to an eight-year, $65 million deal. Uh, contract runs through 2030-31, and he had a, a career high of 75 points last season. So, he's been a fantastic speedy winger for St. Louis really broke out on the scene this year. I mean, he's only 23 years old, and he's set career high in goals, assists, and points this year. So, you know, can't really ask much much more for that in terms of a uh, production from your player. And, yeah, I mean, you know, definitely something we need to, uh, you know, (laughs) definitely something you need to keep your eye on uh, with him. So, Good on his part for getting, you know, getting the bag, but he's definitely helping out St. Louis a lot. And St. Louis had also signed uh, Robert Thomas, uh, their center, to an eight-year, sixty-five million-dollar contract as well. So they could have, uh, you know, they have really Im- surprised me, honestly. Um, and St. Louis is definitely turning into one of those teams that uh, I did not expect to really turn around like this and they have been so congratulations to them on getting that uh that deal done um continuing through um 
<clears throat> Jake McCabe is expected to miss 12 to, uh, 10 to 12 weeks uh, after the Chicago Blackhawks defenseman had cervical spine surgery. So obviously, you know, you never really want your type your player to have that, uh, you know, spinal surgery. It's just a very scary thing. And he, um, you know, he's 28 years old. He had 22 points, four goals, 18 assists, and averaged uh, 20 uh, minutes and 18 seconds in ice time. And, you know, he is, uh, what's it called? So uh, this was his first season with the Blackhawks after agreeing to a four-year, $60 million contract. And, you know, he has dealt with these injuries in the past. Uh, he's dealt with some injuries in the past uh, few seasons, but uh, hopefully he comes back around because, let's be honest, Chicago needs some consistency with their team. <laughs> And hopefully they can get that in McCabe. Uh, but, you know, he's going to miss some time, unfortunately. So the Stars have named their um, – not named. I don't know why I just said that. I, I was reading a different article on top of reading this one. But um, so the Stars GM, Jim Neal, uh, signed a one-year contract to remain as general manager. Um, and it runs through the 2023-2024 season. He's um, entering his 10th season. He was hired in uh, April. He was hired on April 29th, 2013. And the Stars have qualified for the Stanley Cup playoffs five times under him. And they reached the Stanley Cup finals in 2020. Um, and they have made a lot of uh, improvements. Uh, they signed Mason Marchment to a four year deal, Colin Miller. And, you know, they have. Jason Robertson on the team already. Uh, they have, I don't know, uh, they have Joe Pavelski, Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn. Um, Jake Ottinger's back with them as well. And, you know, last season they were 46-30-6, and, um, and they lost in the Western Conference first round to the Calgary Flames. So it was a very unfortunate, um, you know, very unfortunate time to – lose especially with the way they lost i mean ottinger had like 60 over 60 saves or, or around 60 saves and yeah he looked uh he looked good but they just couldn't stop uh calgary unfortunately and uh now they brought in uh peter DeBoer to be the uh, head coach and we'll see if DeBoer can turn them around like he helped out uh vegas so continuing we have now here is Nick Suzuki was named the Canadians captain and he's now the youngest in team history. Uh, good for him. I mean, he's a, he's a good, uh, he's a good center, good young center for them and really gets the, um, you know, really gets a job done for them. And he's been an electric player so far. Um, Marty St. Louis is now their head coach uh, full time because he was the interim head coach last year. And, He's, uh, you know, it's it's a good move, and he is now the captain because they traded um, uh, Weber to the Golden Knights, and yeah, I I think it's a good move by Montreal. You are really starting this, um, you know, you're really starting this new regime really i mean you have suzuki caulfield uh you just drafted slavkovsky 
Kirby Doc, uh, a few other guys that they drafted this year as well. And uh, they also acquired uh, Evgeny Dadnov. And they're just a whole lot of positive positive things to be said about the Montreal Canadiens, but unfortunately you did the carry price is still questionable to play this season, uh, which is unfortunate, but not too much you can really do about that. And yeah, I mean, it sucks, but can't do too much, you know, can't do too, you can't do too much about that in terms of, uh, you know, you're still paying Carey Price a whole lot of money, and it sucks, but who knows? He may come back. You never know. You never know. Um, and just a few little key pieces. Uh, Sean Couturier and Kevin Hayes are now healthy for the Flyers. Uh, be interesting to see how how they play out this year. I mean, the Flyers were not very good last year, and I don't really know if those two guys can get them over that hump of, uh, you know, the way they played last year uh and i i think there's the flyers have to do a lot more to get themselves back to where they would be, where they want to be realistically and i just don't think those two guys make s- such a difference to help that help them out um and finally the piece of uh last piece of news before we get into our interview is um, we had a few guys sign some PTOs. Um, we had Zach Aston Reese sign a PTO with the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Calvin DeHaan signed signed with the Carolina Hurricanes. Daniel Kaiser signed with the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Cody Eakin signed with the Calgary Flames. Scott Harrington signed with the San Jose Sharks. Thomas Hickey signed with the New Jersey Devils. And Tyler Pitlick signed with the... Um, St. Louis Blues, Eric Stahl signed a PTO with the Florida Panthers, and Michael Stone signed a PTO with the Calgary Flames. So obviously those guys are not, um, you know, they have to try out for these teams, and we'll see, you know, we'll follow it up as with, uh, you know, if they're actually going to be signed to these teams after their professional tryout. So... Hey, you never know. And so without further ado, let's dive straight into um, this interview with the Brat Pack. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Not Giving a Puck with your host, Nick Squirtino. So today we have a special guest in the building. We have, uh, you know, a great presence on Twitter the Brat Pack. So obviously, you know, I'm here uh, at Chop Studios, uh, ready to go wearing a nice Devils Dougie Hamilton sh- uh, shirt that I bought last year. So um, welcome aboard. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, you know, always appreciate being invited onto these things. And, you know, anyone who listens to me talk and, and for more than 10 seconds or so, I'm, I'm grateful for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. I mean, um, you know, I love I love talking about hockey, you know. Last year was kind of rough to talk about the Devils, but we got through the season, and hopefully, you know, it looks like things are on the rise. So, You know what? We made it fun. So the season may not have been what we wanted, but we had our fun anyway, and it makes me so excited for when the team's actually good, how much more fun we're going to have. Yes. I mean, you know, and they definitely, uh, they definitely made some 
better moves uh, this season in terms of free agency. Um, you know, kind of happy. Yes, it would have been nice to sign Johnny Gaudreau, but not spending, you know, $10.2 million for the next seven years is obviously a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, I now that I've had a few weeks, uh, months even now, to digest it and move on about it, you know, I still it still would have been nice, but I think they did an awesome job you know, in the in the interim of filling that hole that, you know, that that money would have gone to anyway. Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, it's good with what they did, who they brought in, you know, even the uh, some of the trades they made with, um, you know, getting Halua for Pavel Zaka. Because, I mean, I don't know how how you felt, but I, I felt Pavel Zaka definitely just needed to get a change of scenery. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing I've been uh, very vocal <laughs> about was uh the the Pavel Zaka slander. You know what? I wish him the best, and I, I hope he finds the game that you know everyone's been waiting for for the past six seven years now. Uh, you know from him, and you know maybe he does that in Boston. But I think it was becoming very clear that it just wasn't going to happen in New Jersey. And you know e- even if he does move on and find that game, that never would have happened here. So it's just best to move on from it and. You know, hopefully Eric Halla comes in and, and provides the presence in the bottom six that we really do need right now. Um, so that's one of those trades that I really would love it to work out for both sides. I don't think we need to be the winner there and, you know, ship him off and have him be a loser in Boston. I hope he does well, but it was not going to be here. So I'm really happy that we moved on from that. Yeah, no, I'm definitely uh, I'm definitely happy it happened. Um, and, you know, I I'd pretty much just say he was he was a serviceable guy um you know he played yeah. his role and it just didn't work out and it sucked but that happens in sports yeah yeah <laughs> it's 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 crazy i mean especially when you look at baseball some pitchers right yeah they go to certain places and they're just different athletes entirely i mean i don't know if you're a yankees fan at all but you know a few years ago they brought in sunny gray and he was supposed to be, you know, the next big thing. He was supposed to be this, you know, all-star pitcher and just never found it. And, you know, he gets shipped off to a smaller market and suddenly he's awesome again. Yeah. And I'm really hoping for Pavel Zaka's sake, that's what happens here, that, you know, it just didn't work here. Hopefully <laughs> hopefully it works out somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, I, I am a Yankees fan, so I, I completely understand. Exa- I know exactly what you're talking about in terms of that, because I was all aboard yeah. the Sunny Gray train until... <laughs> <laughs> I think we all were. Yeah, until all that fell apart. But, you know, uh, when I'm looking at this, ro- this you know, updated roster, obviously, you know, your guy Jesper Bratt re-signed that one-year deal. Yeah. I was very excited about that. Um, I understand why they took so long with this, and I completely understand as well not shelling out the multi-year contract and pretty much being like, hey, we know you had a great season last year. We'll give you a little bit of a uh, pay raise. But, Mm -hmm. you know, make sure – we just want to make sure this is a – you know, make sure that this wasn't just a fluke season. And I understand that. But if they do get the same production that they did, that top line of him, probably Heischer and Andre Palat is going to do wonders this season if they – all mesh together yeah i will he shares another guy that towards the end of the season really kind of came into his own and, and became that player that we knew he was about to be and you know the past few years he's had 
some injury luck, and I feel like everyone on the team has just had bad luck overall. But if he remains the player that he was second half of last season and, you know, Jesper Bratt continues the production that he was on, adding Palat could make them a very dangerous line. And that one-year contract is so interesting because they've been really quiet about what really went on there. And usually when these type of, you know, negotiations happen, usually it is the team saying, hey, you know, you had one good year. We need you to prove it a little more before we shell out this long-term deal. But, and again, I'm just a fan with no information here. This is totally just my interpretation of things. But looking at how Fitz talked about it, I mean, he did say a few times that they did offer a long-term contract, that the dollar amount, you know, was not quite where Jasper Bratt wanted long-term. And I think what it came down to was, like I said, it usually is the team saying, prove it one more year and then we'll give you more. I think this was Jesper Bratt saying, no, I want to prove it. I don't think it was the devil saying, prove it to us. I think it was Jesper Bratt saying, no, no, no. I know you like believe in me and I know you want me around long term, but I think I'm even better than that. Like, I'm going to prove it even further to you so that next year, you know, we get even more going. Um, I think he was fighting for a shorter contract in terms of, you know, like more like three or four years yeah. so that he could cash in again, you know, get another monster contract in a few years rather than lock himself in, you know, forever mm-hmm. in that like eight year range. But this, this, and again, I could be wrong. I don't know Jesper. I don't know his agent. I don't yeah. know Tom Fitz, you know, but it looked to me like this was a rare occurrence of a player asking for the prove it deal saying like, no, I get it. You guys believe in me, but I can prove it even further. So I'm looking for Jesper Bratt to have an insane season this year. I think he's got everything to prove to himself and, and to the Devils. I, I think he's going to be a man on a mission. Yeah, no, I definitely I definitely do agree with that. And with the way, I mean, you know, he absolutely balled out this year. And if that is the case, because I do kind of agree with you in terms of it was more of him saying he wanted to prove it because when right. – you know, when he posts on Instagram, he's like, you know, I'm very excited to be back with the New Jersey Devils. And usually when that happens, it's like, yeah, like I understand they're just like saying, oh, I'm happy to be back on like yeah, a one year deal. But <laughs> he it seemed like he was a little bit more excited to be back on this, you know, one year deal to pretty much do that. So if that is the case, I think he will do absolutely f- uh, fantastic. And then, you know, moving down to that second line, I really think it's going to be, um, you know, you're going to have Jack probably centering that line. And I think it's probably going to be Sharon Govich and uh, Mercer. Yeah, well, I think as of opening night, it probably will be. I think uh, Alexander Holt is going to make a big push to join that line uh, as the season goes on, and we'll see if he's cut out for it yet at this point. Um, But he'll definitely make that push. Um, The only thing I would throw in there is I don't know that those lines are necessarily going to be one and two respectively. I think – I think the, you know, Hishier Brat Pollot line as a whole is a lot stronger and that would make it one, but I think Jack Hughes has to be on line one. I think, you know, him alone makes it whatever line he's on is line one. So I think we might see a, a Hughes line be one and that uh Mercer oh, no, I'm sorry, uh Hishier Brat Pollot may actually end up being two. 
Yeah, I mean, you are uh, you are correct in that sense. I mean, I'm, I was just kind of you know throwing it yeah, out. Yeah, no, but... no, no, I hear you. <laughs> but it, but it's something that people are you know yeah. kind of curious about because as a whole, it seems like that that one line is going to be much stronger. You know, all three guys, but Jack Hughes like carries the weight of his own himself um, to the point where any line he's on may have to be one. Yeah, that, uh, and that yeah. that might pull Sharon Govich and Mercer and even Holtz at that point up. Um, but it's going to be an exciting top six, no matter what. I think we're going to see some some head turning. I think if Sharon Govich and Mercer specifically can really get it going, we're they're they're going to turn some heads. They, yeah, they definitely are. And then you know if they can get um, some a little bit more production out of Thomas Tatar, you know, in that yeah uh, bottom uh, of the lineup, you know, that'd be great. And then their defense too. I mean, they have definitely. Uh, you know, this is like the first time in a, probably like the last like four or five years where I'm like, this defensive core that they have building is right. exciting. Yeah, I mean, it it doesn't really like register until you go back and and look at exactly the lineups we were putting on the ice <laughs> in the past few years. I mean, if you go back, not even that long ago, maybe two or three years, you'll see a line of like you know Mirko Mueller. <laughs> and Ben Lovejoy, you know. <laughs> um, I and the funny thing is, I'm like, you know, just picturing it back in my head, sitting there watching that defensive pairing, being like, "What the hell is going on?" Yeah, this is the first time in a while where you can look at our, you know, defensive unit and go, "Those are six guys that generally should be able to play defense in the NHL." Yeah, like we we've had so many instances the past few years where you look at our lineup and you're like, okay. Three out of those six are NHL level guys, and we're kind of just throwing three more guys out there and hoping for the best. And and we don't have to do that anymore, uh, you know. And and this is all you know, knock on wood over here, by the way, uh, that it all doesn't just blow up completely in our faces and everyone forgets how to play hockey. But <laughs> you know, this is the first time we've really been able to be confident in our defense. Um, and you know, defense and goaltending has been such a hole in the lineup that. It's just it feels weird, man. <laughs> it feels weird to to look at a team like that and be like, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely more excited about the defense uh, now than I have been in the last you know few years, especially with the you know getting uh, Nemec and uh, Luke Hughes in the last two drafts, so right. you know, solidifying that. Even though, and, and then even in this draft, you know, getting Seamus Casey in the uh, you know one of the later right. rounds, it's exciting and when. You know, you think about it too. We yeah, we didn't get you know the top free agent this year, but going out and signing Dougie last year, I was like, we just got one of the best free agents to like hit the market in a while, and yeah, I was not expect I was not expecting that at all. And he got a bad rap last year. I mean, you know, people were like, he's not worth the money. This and this and this, and I'm like, the dude broke his jaw. Like you can't, <laughs> you can't just yeah. like, you know, get back on the ice within like a month, and yeah. <sighs> Absolutely, and, and he also broke uh, something else. I, I forget if it was a finger or a toe. It was one of the two. Yeah. Um, but he was playing with multiple broken things. So I am a full-on Dougie apologist. Where I, you know, he, you can't judge a season. You know, season one particularly of a guy where he's got a broken jaw and then another broken appendage of some sort. Yeah. And you know, he's playing with a, a like a full cage visor on. Um, 
and one thing, and I forget who said it. I got you know I've referenced it a couple times, so I got to f- go figure out who said it. But there was another player who had uh, the same injury, broken jaw, who said, even when you come back, you're not the same that season because your diet has changed, your exercise routine has changed, your you know your physical fitness is lower. You have not been able to consume the same you know diet the same you know amount of protein whatever like he's probably on a juice diet for a few weeks yeah um so he said you don't come back the same you need a full off season of workout routine diet like to get your body back into the same you know game shape so the dougie we saw last season is not the dougie we're going to see this season probably for the next six years we're going to see you know our real our real boy again yeah um so I, I will give him a full pass for last season. I have no problem with it. I'll give him every excuse in the world. I don't care. He's coming back. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm, I'm right in the same boat. I mean, you can't base uh, a you know high high level free agent like that off of one you know poor season where he was there was injuries and stuff that he you couldn't avoid, and right. you know then uh, continuing with the defense too, you know. I want to know what your thoughts were with Ty Smith getting shipped out to Pittsburgh for John Marino. Yeah. Um, before before I touch on that, just to finish on Dougie, yeah. do you remember when there was like a string of like six or seven games in a row last year where everyone was just getting hit in the face with pucks? Oh, my God. It was it was bad. <laughs> it was so bad. It, I, I think, it, it makes me cringe every time I see somebody take a puck straight to the face because I just think back to when last season when he should took it straight to the nose. And yeah. I, was like, I was like, I need to stop. Yeah, so he sure took one. Dougie took one. I, I'm pretty sure Quokinen took one. There was like a two-week span. I swear five different devils got hit in the face with pucks. Yeah. Um, it was absolutely like the cherry on top of the cake of last year of being just totally terrible with luck. It was like not only are we losing hockey games, we're getting hit in the face with pucks every game at this point. Yeah. Um, so that was ridiculous. Um. But yeah, so to move on, uh, you know, to Ty Smith, um, I think, I think there's a little bit of a misunderstanding when it comes to Ty Smith and this trade uh, among Devils fans that wanted to keep him and and that have said he deserves more of a chance that we gave up on him too soon, that kind of thing. Um, I think we gave up on him at the exact right time. I think he showed us what he, who he is and what he does, and. You know, he played for the Devils for 115 games. That's not exactly, you know, a 10-game sample size. You know, yeah. 115 games is a lot to see from a player. And, well, people will say, well, he got Calder votes his first year. And if you know anything about trophy voting, you know, it's based on point production. He had a lot of assists, mm-hmm. which is cool. That You know, that helped us out, and it made him look a lot better than he actually is. But if you go back to, you know, the more underlying numbers, the analytics, you know, all that good stuff. He really wasn't that good. The point production masked his play very heavily. And in his second year, his his play didn't get any better, but the points also stopped flowing. And we saw that, you know, he was that football coach, you know, we are, or they are who we thought they were. <laughs> it's like Ty Smith is who, you know, who he is. And he showed that th- this past season. I think it was a great idea to move on from him. And honestly, if we want to trick someone else into thinking that he has this huge upside that, you know, he has potential, he can flourish with you guys, just not us. 
that's fine. And we tricked Pittsburgh into thinking that. We tricked Pittsburgh into giving us, you know, a a solid, you know, uh, bottom four guy on a cost-controlled contract. He's with us for years at $4 million a year. Totally fine with that. So Pittsburgh wants to take a chance on Ty Smith. Be my guest, man. We'll take the safer bet. And I think Tom Fitzgerald has done a great job this offseason of getting rid of the question marks and getting the safe bets in playing it safe get that solid player that you know is going to be solid coming in ty smith is not that guy so i am super happy with that trade yeah i mean i i was for myself it took me a few days to process because i was like kind of just like blindsided because it literally just all of a sudden it was just like oh he was just right. traded out of the blue and i was like all right you know let's see what they got in return and i had never really like seen much of Marino play, but when you know I started looking into it, I was like, okay, they got a big defenseman, and that's what they're going for, getting those big guys on defense, and I'm all for it. Plus, the other thing too with with uh, the way this team is now, you have Luke Luke Hughes in the pipeline who can easily mm-hmm. be better offensively and probably defensively than Ty Smith. So obviously he's going to lose that spot regardless, right. and to go out and get a guy that's you know under team control for the next few years. I mean, hey, I'd take that flyer in a heartbeat, and I don't yeah. really see him. I don't really see Ty Smith fitting in Pittsburgh's system just because you already have Chris Letang, and right, you know. But yeah, yeah, I mean, Ty Smith's only value was power play quarterback. He's not good defensively, and he wasn't particularly good, you know, five on five. If we were keeping him around just to be a power play quarterback on a team that has Dougie Hamilton already. Yeah. A, a decent Damon Severson to hold over until Luke Hughes comes in. We There's no reason Ty Smith should be on this team. Yeah. <laughs> and then, I mean, you know, continuing uh, into the other giant question mark that was the, goal, <laughs> the goalie situation. Yeah. I was I was very happy that they acquired uh, Vitek Vanacek in the uh, – uh, uh, draft well not well i'm not in the draft but you know you know what i mean they acquired right. him via uh sending After some draft, draft picks yeah and if blackwood can is now healthy because now we've all found out that he was not healthy and came back way too quickly off of that heel surgery if right. he's now healthy you do have a guy who has experience you know playoff experience with uh washington come into the team i think he helps out significantly and if they can get a good one-two punch going between those two guys. I think it's going to be great. And then you let you know Schmidt and Dawes develop in the AHL, which is what they yeah. need. Yeah, they were never supposed to make it to the NHL last year. At no. Least. Um, but you know, getting Vanacek and rolling with Blackwood is actually the one thing that you know we just talked about how Fitzgerald's moves this offseason have been playing it safe get the sure bet, get the solid guy in, no more question marks, no more excuses, no more finding out about guys. And unfortunately, I think Vanacek is his only move so far um, that still is kind of a question mark, that still has that potential to not be the safe bet. I think there were a lot of, not a lot, the, the goalie market actually wasn't a lot this this offseason, but there were enough uh, you know, formidable options yeah. where I think going for Vanacek is making a bet on both Vanacek and Blackwood that they're going to come back swinging better than ever and they're both going to be good and they're going to fight each other for this starting spot. But 
there's a 50 50 shot that both of them suck this year <laughs> yeah know, to, to put it very bluntly there's there's a very real possibility that they're both terrible and nothing will be as bad as you know hammond and gillies but it'll still be it can still be pretty bad so this is the only move that i don't love you know i like vanacek and i like blackwood and i think blackwood is going to be good but this is the only move that really has that question mark it has that like bust potential you mm-hmm. know so i really would hate to see all these other great moves put a solid team on the ice and have the goalies bust that would be the worst thing for us right yeah and i mean because like you know as you said before too the goalie market was very dry and like you know one name that kept popping up a few times was uh you know john gibson from anaheim and i'm like you know he would be a great he's a good goalie but the cost of it, I think people were the Ducks fans are like, give us the number two overall pick for him. I'm like, no, yeah, not <laughs> happening, bud. That's not worth it at all. Like, oh man, the and, number two overall trades were terrible. Oh, I know, and that, and that's why I'm happy the, you know, they did what they did and they went for needs, which you know, yeah, it would have been great to have a guy like Shane Wright in that offense, but we're like, you know, we already have Mercer still technically a center, Jack, Nico. Uh, you still have McLeod. You still have a few other guys in the pipeline that are, you know are coming up, and it made sense at the time. And then you go and get arguably one of the best uh, NHL ready defensemen out of the draft. Yeah, well, that's another thing. Kind of like you were talking about with Marino earlier is you know I didn't fully understand it until the next day when I really sat down with it because you know I I was actually doing a like a live if there was a Twitter space during the draft and you know uh canadians pick slavkovsky and i was going nuts in this twitter space being like we're getting shane Wright. this is sick oh my god you know cool let's do it and they announced uh nemitz and i was like you have got to be kidding me what are we doing here and i was in a twitter space with like a rangers fan and islanders fan and they were laughing at me and they're like you know this is a terrible pick you you know this is such a joke or whatever and i was like you know what you're right this sucks and then, you know, draft finishes, wake up the next day, and I'm like, all right, well, let me let me actually look at who these guys are here. And I think it came out the next day that, like, a bunch of GMs had Nemitz going second. And none of us knew. And, and you know, yeah. I mean, obviously, they keep it close to their chest. They keep it secret. But apparently, like, all these GMs loved him. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe it's not such a bad pick. And then I look at, you know, because after the draft, all the analytics guys put out their, like, player cards and their, you know, NHL comparables and all that. And I think it was uh, Bader put out his, and it was just like, oh, yeah, this guy has, like, a 99% chance of being good in the NHL, and his direct comparison is Victor Hedman. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) I was like, how did I not know this before? So after looking more into it, I love the guy. (laughs) I'm, I'm excited for him, and I think... You know, in terms of the future and and what he's going to bring to the team and what the team needs, it really looks like a solid pick to me. Now I'm very excited for it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely excited. Uh, you know, we stated before too. They also have Luke Hughes, so they're yeah. easily going to you know slot into the uh, you know one of the defensive spots probably sooner rather than later. And the other thing too that I have loved that Fitz did was extend Jack to that eight-year deal because now you're looking at some of these deals that are getting signed and mm-hmm. I'm like hey he's making eight million dollars I think uh Stutzler's making like eight point like six or something like that and it's like I'm cool with the eight mil 
he yeah Jack showed last year that he could be you know he in the fifty some games he played before he got hurt against uh, the Islanders. I mean, he was on pace for an unbelievable uh, you know upgrade in his game, and now I'm like. If he just works this off season, worked in this off season like we think he has, comes back this season better than ever. Sign me up for that because I was at the uh, I was at the first game of the season uh, last year, the home opener, and watching him completely, you know, dance around the Chicago Blackhawks and score that goal and throw a stick over the glass. I was like, all right, <laughs> this is this is his time. This is his team now. <laughs> that was his first like put his dick and balls on the table moment yeah. of his career. I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm allowed to say yeah, that. Yeah, no, no, no. You're, you're allowed to. Yeah, don't worry about okay. it. Um, yeah, no, he, he he came out of his shell this year. Everyone saw it coming. Everyone watched it happen. And that deal, every new deal that gets announced makes that deal look better and better. Like you said, all these, like, you know, good players, but not, like, superstar elite guys, but these good players are getting these 8 by 8s now. And we have a potential like top ten superstar on an eight by eight. Yeah, it is an absolute steal. I am forever thankful to him that he even signed it because, you know, he had every right to say no. I'm going to sign like an eight by twelve next year, so just hold on. Um, I think that's going to end up being one of the best, if not already, one of the best contracts in the league. You know, for the next eight years, and it allows us to do things that we wouldn't have been allowed to do otherwise because. If he was making ten, eleven million dollars a year, I mean that's three million less a year to pay other guys. So yeah. I'm really hoping that that does allow us because you know, as of a year or two ago, they did not think they were gonna have to pay Jesper Bratt, you know, seven, eight, nine million dollars. They thought they had a career four million dollar player in him. So suddenly we need an extra three million dollars a year in cap space. Yeah. Um and hopefully that allows us to do it. So Thank you, Jack Hughes. <laughs> if you ever hear this, thank you for signing that contract. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's great. It's great, and the thing that I liked the most about this too was, you know, he was committing, you know, the next eight years to the Devils, and I was like, that's good because obviously there could have been question marks if they didn't start to turn things around. I mean, you know, we've seen it happen before. People are just like, hey, I'm, you know, you know, you drafted me, you know, very high overall. Thank you for that, but I'm gonna leave. <laughs> appreciate it yeah See you, though <laughs> like um well i mean the one that comes to mind is zach parisi but yeah that was a tough one i mean look at what happened to the flames this offseason yeah but i mean when you look at the flames though with what they did i they somehow came out better than before <laughs> you know i i think uh it's getting kind of lost just how good Gaudreau and kachuk were because you look at what they did and everyone's just like, oh, my God, they're even better. I don't think they're quite better because I, I think it is starting to get undersold how much Kachuk and Gaudreau did for them. Yeah. But they made the best of it. They, you know, there were two options. It was, well, those guys are leaving, blow the whole thing up and, and do a, you know, devil-style rebuild. Or go out there and do whatever you can. And they went out there and did whatever they could. Yeah. And they were a lot more successful than a lot of other teams would have been because to even, you know, come close to replacing guys like Kachuk and Gaudreau, like whoever that GM is, I forget his name. He should win GM of the year. If they finish, if they make the playoffs again, like even if yeah. they don't go far, if they make the playoffs GM of the year done, you know, a hundred percent. I mean, 
the sheer fact of trading Kachuk, though, to get Huberto and Uyghur and um, yeah. a prospect and then, like, a, a few picks, I was like, that deal alone solidified him as GM of the year because it was you got three players for one guy. <laughs> yeah, and, and the Huberto thing was, like, the big X factor on it because he only had, you know, a year left on his contract, so... It was like when we heard the name Huberto, everyone was like, oh, my God, this is insane. And then everyone was just like, oh, wait, he only has one year left. They just traded Kachuk for one year of Huberto. Maybe this isn't as good of a deal as we thought. And then Huberto signs for eight years, and it's like, nope, nope, nope. It's just as good as we thought. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I didn't. I mean, that that's where I kind of like now what I feel like these GMs are kind of learning from each other, which is a great thing because, you know, Ray Shiro would have never made half of these deals that Tom Fitzgerald's been making. And, you know, Fitz has been getting, like, a whole bunch of shit all the time for, like, some of these deals that he's made in the past and now. And I'm like, they're, you know, closer to being to the playoffs than they ever were. And realistically, yeah. the last time they were in the playoffs was 2018, and that was mm -hmm. Taylor Hall absolutely fucking playing out of his mind to will them there and he, they unfortunately came up against the Tampa Bay Lightning which is just sucks but right yeah and and if you remember Keith Kincaid also like yeah became like an all-star goalie for like 20 <laughs> games <laughs> it's a great time I mean you know that and then Corey Schneider tried to play uh hero and that didn't work out as well yeah yeah um yeah that I mean so little bit of a personal note but you know I, I was a really really big devils fan as a kid and i kind of i don't know just fell off a little bit throughout life just kind of didn't follow as closely and i you know i'd catch a game here and there maybe i'd go to a game or two a year but i wasn't like super super into it and like even even the 2012 run i i you know it's like one of my biggest regrets is i really wasn't into them as much as i should have been at the time but 2017 is when I really like was just like, you know what? I'm going to get back full time into hockey. Like I'm going to be a diehard devils fan again. I don't really love this like casual fan thing I've been doing. Like I want to, I want to know everything again. So <laughs> of course, you know, I missed a couple years there and I get back into it and they're making the playoffs. Like they're this like young feisty team that ends up making the playoffs. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like I got back in at a good time. Everything's looking up. <laughs> and then from 2018 until now has just been <laughs> awful. I feel like I've paid back all these years of being a casual fan. Like I, I've paid my dues now, so now I can enjoy them being good again. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. I mean, it's pretty much how I feel. I mean, I so I had dabbled a little bit with hockey when I was younger, and then uh, I I picked up a copy of NHL 14. You know, okay. with Marty Brodeur on the cover. I was like. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to really, really start supporting the New Jersey Devils. Then, you know, it was rough <laughs> after that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I watched them rise a little bit with the, uh, you know, acquiring Taylor Hall, making all right. those moves, Kyle Palmieri, you know, great. And then, yeah, then it just kind of dropped off a little bit after 2018. But, hey, we're here now. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> you know, I mean, now. and then because, like, my favorite, my favorite player to watch uh, for the Devils has been Patrick Elias. He's been one of my favorite players, and yeah. I can kind of see flashes of comparison to him and Brat, just because they're kind of the similar build. They're not as big, strong guys, but 
their stick skills, man, are just fucking unbelievable. Yeah, you know, uh, Patrick Eliash was absolutely my favorite player growing up. By far, uh, another little fun story there. Uh, I went to my first game with my dad when I was like five years old. And if you remember in the old Continental Airlines Arena up in Rutherford, uh, the press section was actually in the lower bowl. It wasn't, you know, now they put all the press sections up top in the arena. But the press section was, uh, you know, on the side in the lower bowl there. And we, our tickets were one row in front of the press section. So we had like, you know, newspaper people behind us and they did the t-shirt toss with, you know, the cannons, they bring them all out. And me, a five-year-old is jumping around. I want a t-shirt. And the, the, you know, journalist sitting behind us, like taps my dad on the shoulder and is like, Hey, like, they're not going to throw t-shirts over here. They know this is the press section. Like, you know, we don't really do that. Like, they're not going to launch anything over here. Yeah. So, you know, here, here's our free, like, you know, press, like, program. You know, give this to your kid. <laughs> so he gives me the program, and I open it up, and they have, you know, the whole Devil's roster, you know, all their, like, headshots and whatever. And I was like, all right, I'm picking my favorite player right now. And I, like, one of those things, like, closed my eyes and just pointed at a guy, and it was Patrick Eliash. So I was like, all right, Patrick Eliash is my guy. That's, you know, that's who we're going to follow forever. And how lucky did I get, <laughs> you know, <laughs> attaching myself to Patrick Eliash. But, you know, I, I do agree with you. I see a lot of Eliash and Brat similarities. And there's a couple things that, um, you know, they are very similar in. But I think the biggest one is that they're both somehow flashy players and not flashy players at yeah. the same time. Like, they, they are creative with the puck. Like you said, their stick skills are unreal. Their skating is very, very good. But they – and they, they do get, you know, highlight real plays, but they're not in that, like, you know, McKinnon, McDavid, Crosby, yeah. you know, echelon of flashy players. So they kind of fly under the radar. But when you watch them play, you're like, how? How do they fly under the radar? They're amazing. Oh, I know. Um, and I feel like Eliash never got that, you know, superstar respect through his career, even though he was, you know, an absolute great. Um, and I definitely see that with Brat, and I, you know, I think we're changing that. I think, uh, I think, I think the Brat Pack on Twitter has has helped out a little bit there. Yeah. Uh, you know, gaining recognition for him. But uh, I think we're seeing the same thing where he's really, really under the radar in terms of the whole league. But I don't think he should be. I think he's, you know, up there with the best of them. Yeah, he definitely is. And I mean, you know. We've, uh, you know, dove a whole lot into the New Jersey Devils. And, I mean, you know, you have definitely built a strong Twitter support on, uh, you know, on Twitter. And it's been great to see. I've been, you know, I've been a follower for a while. So it's been nice to, you know, read all the, you know, tweets you put out because they're so funny. (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, You know, I I really, really never set out to, to, to do what I'm doing right now. Um, I really just wanted to join hockey Twitter. Like, you know, when I was on like my regular personal account and I'd look at, you know, when the devils would put up a post, like all the replies were from like, you know, Pavel Zaka fan or like, you know, Damon Severson burner or like, you know, all these fun little character accounts. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to, that sounds like fun. do that. I just wanted to be one of them. And, uh, you know, I started posting some jokes some memes, whatever, and people seem to like them. And, you know, like I said, you know, when we kind of kicked the show off here, people are, they want to have fun. You know, the team sucks, whatever. Let's just have fun with it. Um, so I think the fan base as a whole has kind of like, you know, 
I know Pavel Zaka loves this term, but the whole fan base has kind of turned this corner of we don't care. We're just going to have fun anyway. Yeah. Um, so I, that's all I'm here for, you know, and I'm, I'm glad that seems devil's Twitter as a whole has really taken that attitude and it's been a lot of fun. I mean, we're out here having fun and that's the whole point. Yeah, no, and you, you can really only you can really only do that too when you know the team has been pretty pretty awful for the last <laughs> fucking few years. I, I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna sugarcoat it like you know, yeah. but they've been pretty fucking bad. And the way that they've turned it around, and now you know everybody's just adapted the mindset like you know we're not gonna expect too much from this like you know these next few seasons. We're just gonna go out have fun and. You know, I'm sure you have the same mindset that I do. You know, watch the games. If they're, you know, not playing great, all right, whatever. But, you know, as long as you have fun during it, I mean, you can't really ask for more than that. Yeah, and and hockey is, you know, such a beautiful sport in the sense that when I go to a game, of course I want them to win. I absolutely want them to win. Yeah. But one of my favorite things in hockey is is simply just a goal, a goal scored. I, when, you know, puck hits the net, the horn goes off, everyone stands up and starts yelling and cheering. If I can experience that a couple times in a game, I'm happy. Yeah. So even the even the losses, you know, if I can go hang out with my friends, you know, rip a few beers beforehand, of course. go, you know, enjoy some goals scored, have fun watching them play. You know, like I said, obviously I want them to win. I want them to do well. But, you know, it's sports. Just go have fun. <laughs> yeah. That's really so. it. All right, I think that uh, you know, I think that pretty much wraps up uh, you know, everything we got going for the New Jersey Devils in this upcoming mm-hmm. season. So, you know, thank you very much for coming on to the uh, podcast. I appreciate it a lot. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. I've had fun. Yeah, thank you. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was the Brat Pack and uh, thank you for coming on again and it was a fun fun interview getting to talk about the New Jersey Devils. Absolutely. And, and I know, you know, I, I do this every show I go on and, you know, it, it derails everything. I get it. I know this is your show. I'm sure you have your own sign off. But if you've ever listened to a Twitter space of mine or any other show I've ever been on, which it's OK if you haven't. I have. Uh, OK, well, I ask everyone the same thing. If we can sign off with a Jesper Bratt as the best player in the NHL. Of course we can. So obviously <laughs> Jesper Bratt is the best player in the NHL. Beautiful, thanks. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, so that was the Brat Pack. Obviously, you know, if you haven't uh, checked him out on Twitter, I highly recommend it. Uh, He's a great guy on Twitter, uh, loves to talk hockey, loves to talk to devils, so much fun. And, uh, yeah, so that pretty much wraps everything up today. So thank you all for listening, and I hope you all have a fantastic day.